Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now and ever the ages of all ages, Amen. People very often say seeing is believing, right? You know, it says that when they saw what happened, many of the Jews believed. So people often say because of that and other many examples throughout life, seeing is believing. But there's another component that is very important for every one of us that has to do with believing as well, which is hearing. That's why many times the Lord says throughout the Gospels, And in the book of Revelation, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, is a very important command, I would say, from the Lord, because he's trying to tell us, listen carefully. He's trying to tell us, listen to what I'm saying to you. He's trying to tell us, observe, perceive what's being said. He's telling us, think carefully of the things that you read and hear. That's why in one passage the Lord says, be careful how you hear. How? Because there's different ways to hear. There's different ways to listen. I could hear something and ignore it. I could hear something and not make much of it. Or I could be very, very careful to listen and try to go beyond what I just heard and what I just saw. Kind of like Nicodemus did when he heard and saw the things Jesus said and did. He went by night and asked him, could you explain to me? I need more understanding. And the Lord loves the keen learner. Someone like Nicodemus who's willing and goes for more and asks for more and asks, explain to me what it is that you're doing. What is it that you're saying to me right now? What is it that you're sending me in my life? I mean, right now, all of us are here today. We could all be hearing, for example, what's being said now, what was read. We saw it on the screen. But everyone will react differently to what they saw on the screen and what they heard. Like we said, some will ignore it, make light of it. Some will take it and do something with it. Some have done wonderful feats in the name of God and for the glory of God and led many to the love of God and the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ because they heard and believed. Because they saw and believed. And those who hear have a greater blessing. That's why the Lord said to St. Thomas, when we celebrated Thomas Sunday a few months ago, He said, blessed are those who who believe without seeing. There's a great thing. It It must have been an amazing thing to witness Lazarus come out of the tomb. It must have been wonderful. But there must have been other things that must have been very difficult to witness when Lazarus came from the tomb. Do you remember what happened when the Lord said, take away the stone? What happened when the Lord said, take away the stone? Even his Martha, Lazarus' sister, said, Lord, there's a stench. There's a stench. He's been dead four days. This is the purpose why the Lord came. He came because of the stench. He he came to destroy the stench. St. John the Beloved says, this is why the Lord took flesh, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil bring stench. The works of the devil lead to death. The works of the devil lead to desire for sin and all kinds of things. 
The Lord came to destroy all that. That's why when they sent him and said, Lord, Lazarus, you're, you're beloved. He's sick, Lord. He didn't go right away to ensure that enough days have passed to manifest this. You see, you've noticed, I'm sure it said one part where the Lord tells them, this sickness is not unto death. Then what is it unto? What is this sickness unto? He said it was unto something even more than death. What is it unto? Unto the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Think about it. How could sickness bring the glory of God? How could someone dying bring the glory of God? How could someone going through a difficult time in their life bring glory to God? The Lord says earlier in John chapter 6, this is the work of God. This is the work of God to take all of these things and lead people to believe. And that is His glory. That not just so that they can believe in God, say, I believe in God and glory be to God. It's not that simple. It's much greater than that. It's that by believing, by seeing, by hearing, by knowing, by living in Him, they have eternal life. This is the glory of God. God is manifesting His glory by raising us from the death of sin unto eternal life. You know, Lazarus was raised from the dead. That's true. But he died again. Lazarus later on dies again. When he came out of the tomb and the stench was around, the, you know, the stench of a, of, a, of a decomposing cadaver is the worst. The worst stench ever. That stench came out. The Lord said, loose him and let him go. So Lazarus went on and went on to serve the Lord and later died again physically. But that's why the Lord says something very important in the book of Revelation. He says, blessed are those, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. The first resurrection is what we receive through baptism. Every one of us, we are buried with Christ in baptism. We come out of this baptism having received a new birth. And through this birth, the second death has no power. So even though Lazarus died that second time, he rose onto his eternal rest through Christ. This is what the Lord came to manifest. So the Lord was not coming just to, let me show you what I can do. Let me raise this man from, from death. Let me restore this decomposed matter onto life. It's not that. That wasn't the goal of the raising of Lazarus. The goal of the raising of Lazarus was to manifest that death has no power over he who is life. That death has no power over he who is the resurrection. He is this. That's why he told Martha, even Martha and Mary, they both told him at different points. They said, Lord, had you been here, Lazarus would not have died. Perhaps they didn't fully understand yet that the Lord does not to be, need to be by the tomb of Lazarus to raise him. The Lord could be anywhere else and raise Lazarus. We say in the third hour, let you say, O heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth who is present everywhere, present everywhere and fills all. He's always there. He even promised that, that I am with you always to the end of time. How could he be with, with each and every one of us always? Because he is God. He is able to do so. He's able to be with me and you and every one of us at the same time. Not only inside this church or on this street or in this neighborhood or this city or this country or this continent, this planet in the universe. And he does it because he loves us first and foremost. So 
When the Lord said, this death is unto the glory of God, those who witness and believe, Lazarus believed before he died. So did Martha and Mary. I mean, why else would Martha and Mary say, Lord, he whom you love is sick? I mean, it's interesting because it says in verse 4, it says, the Lord says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That's verse 4. Right away, the next verse says, now Jesus, it's as if St. John is telling us, by the way, just in case you're wondering, now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. He loved them. And the fact that he delayed arriving to Bethany is not because he does not love them. The fact that the Lord has not answered your prayer yet, the way you have been hoping for to receive an answer to it, does not mean he doesn't love you. That's the devil's myth and deception. He wants you to always either fall in doubt or fall in despair. He wants you here, take a pick, choose, D or D. They both come from the devil. You want to doubt? Choose. You want to despair? Choose. He prefers the despair one for sure because he knows if he leads you to despair, for some despair was a no turning point. But the Lord wants to again remind us and bring us back from this death of despair and doubt. So he loved them and he continues to love each and every one of us all the time. This is what glorifies him. That those who could be going through sickness, through difficulty, even through death, and say, I still believe, Lord. And I still love you, Lord, because I know who you are. I know what you can do. I know what you have done. And I know what you will do. I know these things. It always, this always reminds me of the three youth in the furnace. That famous story that we all know of. That they were basically given an ultimatum. Either worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue or be thrown into the fiery furnace. Choose. And they told him very simply, imagine like the Babylonian emperor or king must have been a very scary sight. But these three teenagers or three young men said, we really don't need to waste time talking to you about this. We don't. Because either way, we're not going to worship you. You want us to worship you? Not going to happen. We worship Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You want us to worship your statue? Obviously not, because we don't worship you. We're not going to worship your statue. You want to throw us in the fiery furnace? Go right ahead. You will just accelerate our entry into eternity. No problem. You know what? The Lord might let us burn to a crisp in this furnace. No problem. He may bring us out of it without even a hair singed. No problem. But either way, we're not going to worship you. This is the glory of God. That people through their faith... In the face of adversary, intense adversary, fiery adversity, they will say, we only worship God. Say, well, it's difficult to do. Yes. Yes, it's difficult to do. But you have been equipped to do so. St. John reminds us, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He's greater than. Greater than all the evil in the world. Greater than all the deception in the world. Greater than all the deceit in the world. Greater than all the lies in the world greater than all the corruption in the world, all the things that cause you high blood pressure when you watch the news late at night or your feed, all these things is greater than. Greater than every single one of them. So your faith in He who is greater than will lead you through it onto eternity. That's His promise. So hold on to the promise. 
remind yourself of those who have done so, done so before us. Even when the Lord, again, the glorification of, of him entering into Bethany, even the disciples were baffled, says, Rabbi, you know, how could you go back there again? Lately, the Jews sought to stone you. And now you're going there again? He says, I came for this. This is why I came. I came for this death. I came to raise Lazarus from the death that those who may believe through he who can raise him from the dead may also live and be raised from the dead. It's an incredible parallel. Again, I remind you of that verse. I'd like you to keep it with you in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection in the faith of Christ, who dies in Christ over such that second death has no power. No power at all, at all. So the Lord leaves us with a question. In verse 26, there's a very special question. After he tells Martha, and reminds her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He says, and whoever. So he's telling Martha this, but then he says, and whoever. That includes your sister Mary that I'm going to speak to in a couple of minutes. That includes Lazarus that I'm going to raise in, a few, raise in a few minutes. That includes those who will witness and believe. That includes those who will believe in me through your word and their word from generation to generation. This is who it includes. It says, and whoever lives and believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? This question is for you and I today, right now. Do you believe this? It's great that Lazarus rose from the dead. It's great that Mary and Martha believed in the resurrection. All that is wonderful. It's great that many Jews witnessed and believed. All that is fantastic. But the question, most importantly, right now, is do you believe in this? Do I believe in this? That's what matters right now. This was not recorded and written for us to read and say, wow, that was a cool story. Any others? This is not a bedtime story. This is not a fable. This is reality. This is eternal life. Do you believe? This is what the Lord is asking us to answer right now for ourselves. But you notice how he combines something with believe. What is the other word? What is the other verb that comes with believe here? You see it on the screen? What does it say in verse 26? Whoever does what and believes. Lives. What does it mean to live? What does it mean to live? Like when the priest prays in a few minutes and says, after the institution narrative, when the bread and the, the, the wine have become the body and blood, after the epiclesis, the descent of the Holy Spirit, what does he say? Christ Jesus our Lord, given to us for, for life, eternal life, salvation, eternal life, and resurrection. I'm sorry, for some reason when I say it without praying it, doesn't come out the same. Jesus Christ, who is given to us for salvation, remission of sins, and eternal life to those who do what? Who partake of Him. Partaking of Him is not only coming down the line Sunday to receive Him in the body and blood. It's not just that. It's living with Him after that. Every other step as you go out of the church, throughout the day, throughout the week, every hour of the day, this is partaking of Him. Partaking of Him means, like St. Paul said in the Philippians today, partaking of His sufferings at times. Going through the difficulties of life. Reminding ourselves that there is no stench the Lord Jesus will not approach. There is no stench He will not approach. Lazarus was in the pinnacle or the highest definition of vulnerability. Lazarus was a dead corpse in a tomb in a grave, four days decomposing. There is nothing he can do to cover that up. It's over. 
Nothing. The Lord says, no problem. Come as you are. I will take this stench and transform it into life. I will remove the stench and give you life in its stead. It's sad that so many people in the world today, even Christians in the world today, even Christians in the church today, would rather somehow cover up their vulnerability or the stench of sin as best as they can, for as long as they can, rather than expose it to the light of Christ and let Him clean it, let Him heal it, let Him raise them from the dead. They'd rather stay, I'd rather cover up. What can I cover up? Even the perfumes and ointments that they put on Lazarus' body could only cover the stench for a bit. I mean, sooner or later, no matter how expensive the perfumes were and the ointments and the spices, the stench will come out sooner or later. So we, let us not be like those who would rather cover up the stench for a little while, whether, whether that little while is a year, 10 years, 50, the rest of their life on earth, and then there's nothing they can do about it. Let's come boldly to the throne of grace, as St. Paul says. Come boldly. Come as you are. Let the stench be exposed in front of Christ our Lord, that He may take it and in the middle of the stench, hug you and heal you. You think when the prodigal son, well, you think when the prodigal son returned to his father, did he smell like perfume? Did he smell like Armani? Did he smell like Dolce and Gabbana? What do you think he smelled like when he came back to his father's house? He smelled horrible. He hadn't showered forever. He smelled like pigs. He was in a pigsty, craving to eat the pods the pigs were eating. He didn't smell good at all. And yet when his father saw him, he ran to him, fell on him, kissed him on the neck out of joy that his son came back home. He kissed a neck that smelled like pigs. Again, to illustrate to you and to me that there is no stench the Lord won't approach except the stench I will try to cover up. If I want to keep it covered up, fine. He says, let me know when you're ready to expose it so I can heal it. That's what he says. And that's what happened when he said, Lazarus, come forth. And that's what he's saying to each and every one of us. Come forth. Come forth to eternal life. Come forth to the invitation I'm calling you to. I leave you with a final thought. And the Lord says this in John chapter 5. He says, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming. The hour is coming and now is. The hour is now. The hour was now for Lazarus, and it's now for me, and it's now for you, and it's now for each and every one of us. Every day there are those who are dying in the Lord and rising unto eternal rest in Him. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is, which was fulfilled on the cross, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Those who hear will live. His sheep hear His voice. That's why earlier I was saying at the beginning, be careful how you hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Lord keeps repeating that phrase and that verse over and over and over again. He says, tune in to my voice and have no fear of coming to me. You've heard this before. I'll leave it with you from St. John Chrysostom. He says, let no one mourn that he has fallen again and again. Let no one mourn that he's still in a stench of sin for forgiveness has risen from the grave. It takes one step to return to the Lord, no matter how many steps you've taken away from him. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, 
but will also transform you and your life with Christ.